Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Grey's Academy. I am Kelsey. And I am Carmen. And it is a beautiful day to podcast. Kelsey, how are you, my friend? I'm so great, and I'm so happy that we are here at our season finale. I've been very excited for this episode. Um, so I really just want to get right into it. So I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to do this one a little bit differently because... Carmen, I just need to know how you reacted at the end. I need to know right now how you reacted at the end. We'll get into more of the conversation. I just need to know how you reacted. Okay, so usually there's a whole episode of me ramping up to this moment, okay? Right. But I, I got to tell you, I fucking knew some shit was going down when the man lived in an airstream on a plot of land. The man did not want to be found. Something was happening. I knew he had some shady shit going on. And I'm and and the second I saw him at one point in the in the call in the in the episode like ignoring a phone call I was like oh he has a fucking ex someone's trying to get a hold of him but is it an ex or is it his actual current wife are they separated I don't know but I was very excited what a way to end the season it that's was my a thoughts very good cliffhanger again very this good was cliffhanger I did not watch this live this was one of my go backs and watch so I knew what happened but I cannot imagine what it was like to watch this live in real time and then have to wait however many months for the show to pick back up. I mean, even still watching it now, I'm a little bit ending with like jaw on the floor. I'm like, that is just such good television. It, it was okay. So good. So usually, so I'm a big comedy fan. I love comedy shows. Typically if there's uh, a cliffhanger of some sorts, like so Brooklyn nine, nine, right? There's, a cliffhanger and it's like oh my gosh what could possibly happen and then they immediately bring it back to reality and they're like okay here's a joke and they end with a joke yes. so you don't really get true cliffhangers in comedy so i will say i very much enjoyed this but i knew something had to be coming i knew yeah. it well and a lot of times in comedies there the cliffhangers are like someone proposed or uh, someone's pregnant but it's like positive things and you're just like, right. yeah, I'm excited to see where that goes. But it's not like a question mark. It's more of an exclamation point and not a yes. question mark. That's the main difference, I feel like, with comedies and dramas, um, finale cliffhanger situations. Okay, so. And we'll, we'll also come back to that oh, at the end because I have more thoughts. So much to say. Okay, okay. <laughs> I just, like, needed to know immediately. I wanted to, like, FaceTime you while you were watching it or like have Jessica record you, but I didn't want to give away that it was going to be like a big thing. And I knew if I asked you to record yourself or like had Jessica record you, it would be obvious. Like you would be more looking for something. So, and I wanted it to be like an honest reveal. So in my head, I wanted to be there. <laughs> well, you know, you know that meme of uh, Leo DiCaprio where he's holding a beer and pointing at the TV screen. Yes. So <laughs> when him and Meredith were talking in the final scene, I was going to save this for the end because I, I want to give you my thoughts, but this was my thought process. I'm jumping ahead. I don't care. This is great. I was literally, I saw the woman in the background blurred out of the, you know, shot. Yeah. And I literally, Leo DiCaprio pointed going, she's for him. They're together. Something's happening. I see it. Yeah. Uh, Rewatching so it and like noticing her. I was, I did feel like the way that the shot was framed, even though she was a little bit blurred, she wasn't like as much as the rest of it. So I was like, Oh, you really can like see her like, but yeah. you know, you're not really looking for it, but like, she's not camouflaged. Something's about to go down. <laughs> yes. Okay. So now we'll start our regular episode. <laughs> It's a beautiful day to podcast. <laughs> Four minutes in. Okay. So this episode is called Who's Zoomin' Who? 
a song by a song and the album title by Aretha Franklin. Carmen, hit us with those song facts. Well, first things first, Who Zoom and Who is originally performed by Queen Aretha Franklin. Uh and this I was thought actually... you were saying Queen, and I was like, no, it's a reason. <laughs> no. I understand now. <laughs> no. Uh, queen. It's like Queen, Beyonce. The Queen. The Queen. Uh, Aretha Franklin. The Queen. Uh, yes. No. Aretha Franklin. Uh, okay. So first off, I was listening to it. I was enjoying it. Uh, I don't think I've ever actually heard this song by Aretha Franklin. So I was enjoying it um, just kind of just as a musician listening to it. But there were a couple of lyrics that made, it, made me think that it was going to be something relating to uh, Derek and Meredith in this episode specifically, uh, but it wasn't a twist that I thought, but there were a couple of lyrics that stood out. Uh, you thought I'd be naive and tame. I beat you at your own game. Oh. Uh, thought that that was maybe Meredith kind of like, you know, you were a handful. You think you got this shit, but then it's like, you turns out, you know, you get another <laughs> thing coming. Uh, and then the one for uh, Dr. Handsome Face was You Believe the World Played by Your Rules, which I think they have uh, talked a lot about in the last couple of episodes uh, about how he's just, you know, kind of arrogant and he he's too charming for his own good and he knows right. it. So yeah. that's what I thought of the song. Overall, I would say on a scale of one to ten, referencing this episode in retrospect, uh, I'm going to give it a 8.9 out of 10. Also, it's hard to not enjoy any song by Aretha Franklin, as you mentioned. It's true. She is a queen. So. Such, a, such a great singer. Incredible. Okay, so this episode was written by Gabrielle Stanton and Harry Worksman Jr. Um, at the time this episode was written and aired, they were married. They have divorced since. They divorced four years later. Um, they were longtime producers for Grey's Anatomy. As well as both longtime producers for Ugly Betty. So, Ugly Betty, I feel like there's a lot of crossover I've seen in a lot of these writers and directors um, with Grey's and Ugly Betty, which is interesting because I feel like they're pretty different. Ugly Betty's a comedy. And did you ever watch Ugly Betty? Drama. <laughs> I did not. Me either. Okay. I just know the general vibe. So, um, then we have directed by Wendy Stansler, who has a very notable catalog of other things she's directed. Um, several episodes of Sex and the City, several episodes of Monk, several episodes of Desperate Housewives, More Ugly Betty, Glee, Vampire Diaries, Pretty Little Liars, and more than just this episode of Grey's. Like, I think it was five or six maybe episodes of Grey's. So we'll see. We'll see Wendy again. Wasn't, uh, didn't the last director also have the, f- the first two shows, Sex and the City and... Yes, we've had, uh, no, not Monk, but Desperate Housewives. Desperate Housewives, yes. Yes. So we've had a couple of directors now at this point for the mm-hmm. season who've crossed over for these three shows. That's very yes, interesting. Yes, and at this time, De- Desperate Housewives was also one of the highest rated shows on TV because I think it was the first or second season. So it was also in its peak. So there's they were doing some sharing over the, at ABC because it was also an ABC show. So makes sense. Um, okay, so May 22nd, 2005. It's the season finale. Guess how many people tuned in to watch? 21.4 million. You are so close. It was 22.22 million. Wow. Yes, it was the highest, obviously, so far. So I figured it had to be the highest, and I don't yeah. think we've cracked 20 million yet, have we? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I am interested to kn- I, to know how they promoted this. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder how they promoted it if they said... Oh, there's like a huge cliffhanger. Because I don't really remember 
like the promos when I watched it on TV because you know it would always end and then it'll be next week on Grays. <laughs> and then it's like it's like shows a bunch of clips but then it'll like cut to black yeah. and then it'll just be like it'll be like the flat line noise and it'll be like who dies <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know i don't remember you know who knows how they promoted this um okay so the netflix synopsis for the season finale of the first season of Grey's is <laughs> so so good the outbreak of a sexually transmitted disease affects several members of the hospital staff. Which is not incorrect. It's, but okay. So, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot. You can't put too much into the synopsis because you don't want to give it away. Right. there Because there are other shows that I watch and the synopsis is several sentences and just full of spoilers. Like, yeah, I, I appreciate crazy. that. So I, I, while I do think some of them could be more fleshed out, I also would rather them air on the side of less information than the side of more information. I agree. I agree with that. Okay. So let's get into our episode. I get, we get another one starting with recaps. I love it. And they recapped everything. They really, and again, that makes sense because it is the finale. And again, we have to think back to the time frame. No streaming services, no Hulu, no like cable on demand, just so like maybe you have a DVR or whatever. So I think maybe they do know that they are going to get a lot of viewers. So they do need to do a big recap because they have to recap eight episodes to lock to hope this episode that locks in these viewers for next season. So it makes sense, but it was, it was long. It was a long recap. <laughs> it was also the, the, the the coverage of of actual content that was in the recap, it wasn't a specific thing that I felt. You know how we've had the recaps yeah, before, yeah, and yeah. I and I, I we we kind of could tell how they would target the episode for it. Mm-hmm. They they put everything. They're like, no, all right, they were like everything that we've mentioned beforehand. Here it is, right? Yeah, now, in two and a half minutes or however long. Yeah. So I actually I did enjoy that. I, I appreciated it as a first time viewer myself. Yes. It is nice to have a reminder as well. As someone who's watched all of them, sometimes they all blur together. So it's nice to relocate myself in this timeline. And I'm sure you need to remember sometimes who's still alive and who isn't. It's true. (laughs) Not that I would know anything about that because I don't. Okay. Well, you don't really know anything more than that. (laughs) I know someone someone has to die. People are going to die. I get that. Yeah, that's all you know. Uh, Also, sidebar, speaking of spoilers... Jessica is so annoying. So, if you Spoiler, haven't, if you spo- get married, your spouse will be annoying. <laughs> so, I know I mentioned in another episode that Jessica was randomly watching the episode right. with me, and she's like, "Oh, do they end up together?" And I was like, "I don't know." So she googles everything, everything. So now. Every time that we're like a bickering, she's like, I will spoil Grey's Anatomy for I you. I will right kill now. her. Oh, I, I know. But I will be I will be mad at her if she does that. I'm like, the whole premise of our show is that I don't know anything. Um, and then her dad is sitting there going, like, what are you talking about? And she, and I was like, Oh, well, get this. Your daughter watched five seconds of the show and Googled the entire ep- the, the entire series. And he goes, Yeah, that's my daughter. Anyways, I digress. Back to you. <laughs> Toxic trait. Um Yes. <laughs> Okay, so we get Meredith's voiceover kicking in, and she's talking about secrets, which going in, obviously, I knew how this episode was going to end, and I was like, oh, 
they're really just, it's going to be so obvious because I really forgot about everything else in this entire episode. And so they really kind of do a decent job with misdirecting because they don't focus that much on Derek. Like he has the two phone calls that he ignores and that's it. Everything else is very, yes. Cause one right at the beginning when Meredith is like, um, aren't you going to get that? It could be the hospital. And he says, it's not. And then like, it's when they're getting dressed. Oh, oh, and then oh, at the oh, end, oh, 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 I forgot about that. I actually didn't even, I don't, that one didn't even cross my mind right. until the second one in the episode. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they drive home a lot of other plots and they, I mean, it's a, it's a hard misdirect, honestly. Like, obviously you are watching with an eagle eye trying to catch things. Um, but I think just the average viewer probably really would not have seen this coming at all. Yeah, which makes totally. it, which is what makes it great television. Very um, well written. I agree, very well. Um, okay, George is naked. He's reading a big book of rashes. Did you have an immediate prediction of what was wrong with him? A hundred percent. I'm like, this guy has an STD. This, <laughs> but you didn't have a wrote, specific one in mind. No, I didn't have a specific one in mind. But I did write. Uh, did that nurse give him an STD? Uh, yes, is the answer. Which, yes, yes, <laughs> um, yes. So, but um, my thing is, like the the book was about rashes, mm-hmm. and I have to remind myself that people can't just—they didn't have the opportunity to just Google things on their phone at this point in two thousand five. Right. Yes, and you, we see that several times. People are on their phone in this episode, and it is crazy how, like, yes, two thousand five was a long time ago, but in the realm of technology, it was not that long ago, and like. Yeah. We've had so many different tiny computers we've just been carrying around in our pockets for so long that we're like, why are you using this textbook to look yeah. up your wiener problems? Well, and then even jumping ahead very briefly, when uh, Christina closes the phone call that she has, I'm like, remember fucking flip phones? Like, yes. Although I, so was, cr- I will say, slamming a flip phone at the end of a call, so satisfying, especially if you are mad. Oh, 100%. It's very it's, satisfying. And I do miss the millennial- that a little bit. Oh, yeah. It's the millennial equivalent of, like, actually hanging up the phone on someone. Like, hanging up the phone really hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyways, I, I... So, yeah. I, I knew it was an STD. Did you... So, you went back and you rewatched those. Many like, times, you, yes. you didn't You didn't see this one live. Correct, yes. Okay. Did you immediately pick up on that, that it was an STD? And did you remember rewatching it this time that it was syphilis? I did remember that it was syphilis because there are several lines in this line in this episode that I find hilarious that are syphilis based. Yes. And I will say they show the flashback of George punching Alex and him saying, you gave me syphilis in, if my memory is correct, like several more episodes in the future, <laughs> in the recaps. So yes, <laughs> for whatever reason they like that has been, mentioned in the past they the want future. you to know that george has syphilis. so yes i do recall but i found it interesting i think the reason they pick they have to pick syphilis is because it's like super easily treatable and it goes away it's not like where you have it forever um and so it makes sense but it's not typically one you really hear or a lot about in television shows i feel like I, f- I don't know why, but I feel as though gonorrhea is really the one that's in every epi- in every television show when someone has an STD now. It's gonorrhea. Yeah, because I think even in Scrubs, uh, Dr. Kelso has syphilis as well at one point because he cheats on his wife a lot. Uh, but 
I was also having that similar thought, not specifically to the gonorrhea, but I was like, huh, syphilis must be going around in these hospitals, which turns out it is. Yes. It's a whole thing. Um, okay, so Meredith has the call from the nursing home. She lies to Derek about it, so she's still lying about Ellis. And she's also, the nurse has basically, or the receptionist, I guess, at the nursing home, is saying that she wants Meredith to be there and kind of implying that Meredith hasn't been around so much lately. And obviously, yes, we know she's working a lot, but it's kind of a bummer. But I also, obviously, not having been in the position of having a parent go through that, I can't speak to it. It might be very difficult to to be around that. And some people deal with it, whether it's how you would deal with it or not. They might deal with it by kind of dodging the situation, by not dealing with it. Right. And and it wasn't even specific like it wasn't even just as a broad stroke of like hey you haven't been around it was their uh like their family dinner thing that yeah they yeah, have. yeah oh and which yeah, she's like we're having our family so dinner and our patient yeah. or our residents really respond to it well or whatever so she, and meredith is like i gotta go <laughs> and then lies to Derek about it and so then we're keeping our secrets oh there's also the whole thing where izzy is harassing george and saying that he's jerking off when he's looking <laughs> at his rash. So uh, I wrote I, the quote. I'm coming. I mean, I'm not coming. I, I, did, I also thought, found that to be inter- entertaining. Um, but I, I was wondering if you had any specific thoughts on that since you are convinced they're going to sleep together. Yeah. When he said, I have a girlfriend and then he moves away quickly. I was like, okay, they're for sure. They're going to smush. They're, they will eventually have sex. There's, I don't care if he has a girlfriend. I don't care what she, what she's doing. They will have sex, and if they don't, it will take me twenty seasons to figure out if they're not <laughs> because <laughs> because I don't know if Catherine Heigl or George are still even in the show later on. But I hope they have sex. I hope they do. Not for any reason, but I have. Just, I've got just because you want to sex- be right. <laughs> Yes, I but I but I'm getting a lot of strong sexual tension from Izzy towards George. Not from like a really super attractive piece, but from like a he's got a good heart and that would be fun for it one just, time. It just feels to me very platonic their relationship. No. Very no. like and for now. For like besties. Just besties. Well, you know, besties best, for the resties. Besties for the testies is what's happening. Ah, well, there you go. Yeah. Okay, so then Derek ignores his call. Um, my notes in this are really weird. I don't know what I was doing, but so you might have to help me out a little bit in this. Um, so Will they transition, I, or go ahead, go ahead. You got this. Yeah, no, I have Christina is on the phone also trying to. She's still trying to schedule the abortion, make it happen, and I guess these people are still trying to counsel her into making another choice or doing an ultrasound or whatever it is they want her to do. And she's like, no, just let me do this. And then. Right. Is that, she's like, hangs up the call and then Burke like immediately walks up. Correct. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then he starts talking about the patient and he's like Mm -hmm. trying to get her home phone number, which is like, okay, that's kind of cute. But then I have to remember myself like, okay, people just didn't text each other back then. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. Like I think call your home. I can't just page you. Um, and but she's then, like, I'm uh, busy. yeah, because yeah. I wrote she's still being weird. <laughs> yeah, and I I don't want to spoil it because I I want to have the conversation, but I really 
I, I, I did enjoy the Burke Christina interaction yes. later on in the episode, so which I'm gold. excited to talk gold. about. It really is. Give me the warm and fuzzies. Okay, so then George and Olivia are making eyes at each other because, you know, they have been on dates, I guess. I mean, they've That's her together. name, Olivia? Yes. Okay, I need to remember that. Um, and then, so, George goes to talk to Alex. Wait, is this when Olivia's like, how are you? And George says he's itchy, or is that later? <laughs> right there. He he's goes, a little idiot. itchy. Yeah. I hate him. So, what a fucking moron. I this hate this character. He sucks in this episode again. It's, like it's just like i i know i didn't hate him like i i never was f- like he was never one of my favorites but i don't feel like i hated him this much the first time around but damn it's Yikes. not even that i hate him it's just i don't like people who have no confidence and george has no confidence and when he fakes it he does a bad job of faking it so bad <laughs> so bad and why and, and i actually do like this i like that they're pairing george up with alex for these like guy moments yeah but it's not like alex is a great male role model for no it's just such a juxtaposition i think that's why they do it and they're like neither one of these is correct but these are the two that we have (laughs) oh gosh because that was a very interesting interaction you know he's sitting there trimming his nose yeah i wrote alex is grooming and george has for some reason decided to ask for him his help (laughs) with his situation (laughs) which i would love any insight into i can't imagine there's no one else he he would have asked that for but and my thought process is like you know alex well enough to know that he's not going to keep his mouth shut about this he's going to think it's hilarious and he's going to tell everyone who will listen to him yeah and the way he says it too he's like you got syphilis shoulder pat walk away yeah so bad so bad it's uh it's the whole time uh, okay, and then we get the intro, and it was six and a half minutes before the intro. I checked the timestamp on it, six minutes and 32 seconds. I'm glad you did that because I, I forgot that. And what I'm doing, too, when I'm writing my notes, I'm putting a little line so I know ah, yes. where where the uh, where my notes transition, and we've now hit our intro. So I saw there that STD is your worst nightmare. <laughs> yes, it is. Did, oh, you see that? Okay. <laughs> yes, on that note. <laughs> yes, they are. Like, okay. Again, Not okay. Al- Hold on. In the last episode, was there or was there not? No glove, no love. Take Again, why are we honing in so much on these condom moments? And when these people are just having unprotected sex, I don't understand. Yeah, it's to me, it, maybe it's a misdirect. It's got to be a misdirect, first off. It just, uh, but like, it doesn't make sense. I, it doesn't make sense. I don't know. Because I, I also like was thinking the same thing in the conversation earlier, or going going future into the episode with, with Burke and Christina. Yeah. If they're using a condom, then what do you have to worry about? But also, they clearly have, you know, unprotected sex because she's got a baby in her. So well, I'm starting to think, honestly, maybe Burke just has some potent sperm. Just eats right through the, the just condoms. bursts through the end like a cannon. Uh it gets it happens to the best of us, you know. That's originally how Jessica got pregnant. All uh, right. <laughs> That's <yeah. laughs> untrue for all those who are listening. Uh growing up though in like I don't know. I feel like there was a lot of stigma. There still is a lot of stigma around STDs. 
And I also had to Google later on in the episode because I, I forgot that syphilis was curable. Okay. Yes. So thing number one. But you look at people who die of AIDS, right? Mm-hmm. AIDS is an STD. I think that all STDs have a pretty bad stigma around them. Yeah. And when you're having unprotected sex at the rate at which most millennials are, uh, it's scary. And, you know, it's something that I, you know, definitely a big fear of mine. Well, it's definitely used to be used to, to be <laughs> right. Yeah. Not currently. Um, yeah. It's important to be open and honest with your partners about what needs to happen. And, uh, truthful and you know all of these things and just cautious for yourself and to protect others you know because george didn't get this to himself he got it from someone else yeah um so it's yeah it's just it's a weird time it's a it's a whole thing um okay so we meet our first patient that's not george and it is burke's friend who is in the hospital his like bff from college uh, in the hospital because he has like stomach pains or bladder problems. I don't remember what it is that he came in, but he came in and George is helping out. Or Yes. George and Alex are on it with Burke and it's a nice man. His wife's very pregnant. Obviously that's not going to end well. Bum, uh, bum, bum. <laughs> And then we they're kind of like very weirdly teasing the situation with with Chief Weber, right? He's like rubbing his head, he's like blinking a lot, he's drops the retractor. It's a whole a whole thing. Wait, so. let's let's back up. Let's back up real quick. Yes. It's interesting because going there's a lot of foreshadowing happening in that Burke uh operation room. Right. Because he's the godfather of this unborn child. Correct, yes. So one would assume that he's a very close family friend of the couple. Yes. And I am also a godfather. Yes, and I want to you to my know, baby. To your baby. <laughs> uh, if ever I found out that Michael was sterile and you guys had this child and Michael didn't know he was sterile, I would have to say something. And I'm yeah. not even a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so I was actually going to ask you that later on. I was like, well, I would have, I was planning on asking what would you do in this scenario if you weren't a doctor, you just had this information. I, yeah. So obviously, oh, spoiler alert. Okay. You guys have all seen the episode. We're jumping around here. It, I, I could not, I, I very much sympathize with Burke's c- scenario in that. And yeah. it's a little bit different because it sounds like Bill is his best friend, not the wife. Right. Both of you are my best friends. Yes. And so, both of you are our best friends. <laughs> yes. It's so, a good time. We have a good it, time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, let's go to Europe again. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that would be, oh, gosh, that'd be a hard conversation, but I would do it. I would have to. Yeah. Um, Anyways, back to the Weber thing, unless you had more thoughts you wanted to share on that. I'm sure I did, but I'm sure we'll come back around to them. They'll come back to me in my head. Come back um, to me. <laughs> So, oh, George gets his blood work done to confirm that Alex is correct and he has syphilis. And then, you know, Izzy comes on by and she's being nosy and she's grabbing his stuff and she's like, who has syphilis? That's not surgical. And I do love (laughs) that. Just (laughs) it's a really good impression. I nailed that. I thought I was Um, looking at Catherine Heigl right now. (laughs) Honestly. Wow. Um, They go. I love the physical comedy 
like the little bit of them like him grabbing her and then like turning around and going into the nurse's station and closing all the blinds it's it's humorous it's a good physical comedy bit they they do it really well they have good chemistry as actors together not in a romantic sense in my opinion um as i just think their scenes are always pretty humorous i think they both do a very good job and they play off of each other really well I thought the entire scene in the nursing station was was very good. I agree. I actually made a note of that. Uh, so it's funny. I think the funniest thing George said in the entire episode is, maybe oh, yeah. I've been sleeping around, and maybe I got ladies. Which, like, <laughs> shut the fuck up, George. But it's funny. Uh, she's also, I wrote this, either, was this, was this Catherine Heigl's first big role? I, or was she I doing think, movies before this? I think this was... way predated her films she is getting more and more attractive by the episode (laughs) and i i I don't know if it's she's like because you know when you first meet her you're you're they're playing all of these people as like this like she's kind of like this homeless she's a model right they know that she's a model so she's kind of like playing downplaying it i think Mm -hmm. i think she's finally either a becoming more comfortable with being able to be an, an attractive doctor, which obviously you see some of that arc through the Alex sitting in the, uh, the locker rooms and all that stuff. I think there's a lot of confidence growth there, but mm-hmm. just in general, I see her as getting more and more attractive as time is going on. Okay. So I have her IMDb pulled up and she has one, two, six, 12 credits before Grey's Anatomy. And the only one that I, um, would say is worth noting is Bride of Chucky. She was in that, but I haven't seen that, so I don't know how big her part was. What, so, that movie with Gerard Butler. When? When? What? What year was that? Um, what movie is that? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Um, it's love or uh, it's something. What is it? Um, I don't know, but there was a weird, weird portion of time where she kept being in movies and they were like playing her as being homely or plain, not ugly, but just like she wasn't attractive. And I was like, you're doing a bad job casting. She's very attractive. She is so stunning. Beautiful. Um, the ugly truth. Was that it? Ugly truth. Yes. That was 2009, but knocked up was before that. What year was knocked up? 2007 and then 27 dresses with 2008 and then ugly truth was she's very busy so 2005 Grey's anatomy was kind of her big big role that was her that was her i would i would say yes that this show this was her break would have gotten her a lot of attention okay so that makes sense you know she she's coming out and she's like hey like i can be attractive and i don't know i feel like it's funny like because i go back and watch friends and i see their different makeups and their hairdos over the year and anyways it's crazy Continue. So this Burke, uh, the Burke. Thing, I, hold on. Or, uh, I have sorry. to. I have to note because your your funny line that George said. I also had my favorite George line from that episode. From the episode was in that scene, and um, it was when Izzy's like kind of mocking Olivia, and he's like, "Don't talk like that about the woman that I could potentially love. Well, not love, but like a whole lot." <laughs> yeah, that was good. Oh, you're saying I'm not ever gonna love this person? Then maybe don't date them. <laughs> You know, you can't you can't know that right away. I'm a romantic, but I feel like the realist in me knows that you can't automatically know love at first sight. Right. My thing is I think 
I'm I my question is are they framing it as he was never going to be in love with her because he's so in love with Meredith he'll never love anybody else because if that is how they're framing oh. it it's even worse or but if they're also framing it as well I'll like her a lot but I'll never love her then then that's also really bad because it's just he's just being shitty in my opinion especially if she's having the exact same conversation in a different nurse's station saying <laughs> I could love this guy Yes, exactly. Wasting everybody's time. Okay, so then the chief drops the retractor and leaves the surgery. So he can't even finish. He has something about that. And then uh, George and Alex are talking about the syphilis. And Alex has the great line of, I never talk about my penis with other men. Right in front of the x-ray tech or scan, CT scan, whatever scan it is. Um, Excuse me. Did Did we miss the introduction of our alcoholic friend? No, uh, no, that's right after this. Because I wrote, this old man is a drunk who has liver problems and fluid in his tummy. Yes. Okay. So, sorry. Because, yes, I get it. Sorry. My my apologies. No, you're fine. That's all I had was that line. So, if you have um, anything to add on the old man. Uh, well, no. I just, when I saw him, the second the daughter started, like, making comments, I was like, this guy must be an alcoholic. And then yeah. I was like, ah, he's an alcoholic. Uh, great. <laughs> great. <laughs> Uh, I feel like uh, childhood trauma manifests itself exactly the same way for every person. Speaking from someone who has childhood trauma manifesting itself in the exact same way as everyone else. Oh, you're not you're not so attitudey about it. I guess that's fair. Uh, I will say, she I, the, when she said uh, something about his usual crap, I thought that that was yeah. going to be more of a plot point later on. It was not. Spoiler alert. Yeah, because they almost. I'm like, okay, so. Is he abusive or is he just an asshole who's also drunk and just sucks a lot? But they don't really ever delve into it. They just kind of allude. It's up to up to our discretion to decide, I guess. Yeah. And Shonda can... and her team give us another broken mother-daughter relationship. <laughs> yeah, this one's rough. Although the girl is there to support the mom. Like, she's there... For the mom, she just disagrees that the mom is with the dad. That's fair. That's fair. That's a good. That's that's a better point. But they do but, get into it later on. Oh in yeah, the episode. yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, it's. I think we can all agree whatever he was doing had a lot of negative side effects on the people in his life and also on his body. <laughs> yes. Um. So then we get the results from the scans back, and we have Alex and George and Burke are looking at them. And Alex says, it looks like an ovary. And George get, or Burke gets very offended by that statement and is like, don't be dumb and rude and a shitty doctor. And then that is, in fact, what it is. It's an ovary. So <laughs> there you go, Burke. Awkward. He really owed Alex an apology on that. <laughs> yeah, he, he, I, I agree. I think he kind of should have maybe said some. I mean, what he did say was, oh, is that what you're going to say to the patient? Which... It's not what you, he, you know, you would say. You don't say, "Oh, it looks like an ovary." You have a tumor. It looks like an ovary, though. Ho <laughs> ho, funny. But because it is an ovary, he could be like, "Okay, well, good." Knowing what shapes ovaries are, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, that was funny. Um, so then we cut to um, Christina and Izzy talking to Bailey um, about the diagnosis for the drunk guy. And she gives them the green light to do it themselves. Christina is predictably very excited. And Izzy is a little more cautious. 
but also excited. So, yay. Well, <laughs> it's also, I wrote my note there. It's funny because Bailey's like, you've seen one before, right? And she's like, yeah. yeah. Okay, do it. And then she's like, I've never seen one. <laughs> like, Maybe you just don't lie to your boss. No, Christina <laughs> has seen one. Izzy has not. Well, I thought that she asked uh, Izzy. I thought she asked Izzy, and Izzy said yes, and then she no, said, oh, okay, Christina well, then do it. Yes. Oh, okay. Then I, I must be remembering that wrong, because I wrote the note down of Christina. Or, <laughs> don't uh, lie. Izzy. I would agree. Yeah. Definitely don't lie in that scenario. But um, this goes back to when I was saying the see one, do one, teach one yeah, method yeah, yeah. that is just referred to so often in this series as a teaching hospital. So whether that is a true practice at a teaching hospital, who's to say if you are an intern or a doctor and you have speak, you can speak to that. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. And also if it's see one, do one, teach one, but maybe it's see one, see one, see one, then do what? one, do one, do one, then teach one. Maybe there's more. Well, I that think happens. it's, I think it's learn about it in medical school. And then when you're in the internship and you're like right there, you see one and then do one. So you do have all the knowledge of how to do it, right? You've learned it and you've probably practiced it on like a cadaver potentially. And then you see it happen in real life and then you can do one. So see one, do one, teach one is obviously a very summed up because there's also all the medical school before that. (laughs) Yeah. What? Only like 10 to 12 years of medical school ahead of that, right? So much medical school. Okay, so then, George. Worst scene of the entire episode. It's really bad, just like always. So George and Alex go through, and George, she, Olivia says hi to George, and Alex says something to her. He's like, what am I, chop liver, or whatever. He's, what am I, invisible? Whatever it is he says. Some flip comment like that. And she's like, hi, Alex. I boned you four days ago, or whatever. And so Which I George, did not get at all. Right? I did not see that. I, I did not see I that. I mean, coming. I don't think you're meant to see that coming. Um, they really don't set it up that way. I only no. knew because I knew that. I was like, oh, I can. I guess that's why she says that. Yeah. It's it's kind of weird to me in the character of Alex that he doesn't prod at it more. But whatever. Um, Maybe she broke up with him and he's sad and he didn't want to bring extra attention to it, which Maybe. I guess makes sense with the later conversation. Because yeah. if he broke up with her, I could see him being more of a douche. I don't know, though, because especially if he picks up on the fact that now she's dating George, like if she broke up with him to date George, like, I think he would be being a dick about it because he thinks he's so much better than George. I don't know. It could go either way, I think. I agree. Um, so just a then horrible. they just they just make out so aggressively in the yes. stairway. It's just so much. In for a workplace environment, and then I thought they were going to have sex right there. (laughs) George's wiener's too itchy for sex. Too itchy. So then George decides to tell her, which is the right thing to do. He does need to tell her to make sure she is properly treated and cared for. Um, I don't know the differences. I did not look into it because I don't want that on my Google searches. Um if there is a difference in how syphilis presents in men and women, but it's interesting to me that George has these symptoms and uh, Olivia doesn't. And to our knowledge, Alex doesn't. So. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. I I did. 
I did think too, if he truly, well, for a second there, I thought maybe he got it some other way, right? You know, contact or like whatever. But if she gave it to him, she should have presented. I made I made that note too, and I also thought, why would she be so offended if she gave him syphilis? Unless she was playing an angle and she's actually crazy or something. I don't think that she, when she left, she was offended. I think it was more of like embarrassed like i can't believe i slept with someone who had syphilis and then gave it to someone else like i think it was more of a the way her face fell was like her connecting the dots in her brain and being like oh shit and then running away because she didn't want to tell him that she slept with alex in retrospect again that makes sense yes i could see where you're coming from having all the info you have to have all the information though because it really does in that look like She's just be like, oh, I don't want to talk to you anymore because you have syphilis. In if if I watched that scene and then turned off the TV and never watched Grey's Anatomy again, I would think she doesn't want to be with him because she thinks that he gave her syphilis. Right. And she doesn't want to be with him anymore. Right. Anyway, Which, so that was a again, terrible, terrible, awkward, terrible scene where he like look like doesn't call her a prostitute, but like does, and then is like, "Oh, you're pretty," but it's like it's just terrible. Like I don't understand why they make him someone who can't talk to human beings. Spit it out, spit it out at Honestly. any time. Just, just say, say the words, it. anything, anything other than what you just said. Yeah, Ugh. I do think I did think it was funny when she ran away and he went. That could have gone better. <laughs> well, yeah. yes, it could have. You could have done anything differently, and it would have gone better. You could have shot her in the face, and it would have gone better. <laughs> well, she, she's at least then she's in a hospital recovery. <laughs> right, right, right. Is um, anyone okay, a doctor so, here? So then we cut to the chief, who is asking Derek, kind of giving him the the info and asking him to to look into it and figure out what's going on because his eye doctor has said oh, you're just, like, losing your eyesight for being an old person, but he doesn't think that's what it is. So Derek's going to look in, look into his brain bits and figure it out. And then the five of them are eating at the lunch table. And these are my favorite moments. I really think these are, like, such core Grace moments is when it's the five of them together interacting and talking and just joking around and being there. It's just I love those moments, honestly. I just think they're so great. They read so well on screen. They all play off of each other so great. And it's just like a fun atmosphere when it happens. It, it needs to happen more. I agree. And I I hope it does happen more as the show goes on. But I would imagine that as each character develops and they become more and more of their own star, the the people, the, the, the polls uh, that they do <laughs> and when they're writing these episodes are making more time for each character individually as they need to. But... Literally saying Sif boy, uh, like, so and then they each, each one comes in one at a time and then Meredith sits down and yeah. goes, Oh, I'm so sorry about your syphilis. It, yeah, it's a lot of really good riffing. I hope that they do more of that as the next couple of hundred seasons come online and I get to watch them. And then I don't remember if Christina or Izzy says this, I think. I think it's Christina. George says, do you think she's talking about me? And she says, oh, she's absolutely talking about you. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. Olivia's at a table, a couple with like, some other nurses. I just think it's so funny. And then they're all going around and they're, you know, talking about secrets. Oh, you know, everyone, you've got skeletons in your closet, whatever, whatever. And then Meredith just says, everyone has a secret. And everyone just kind of looks at her like, okay, you're going to share with the class. And then it just kind of ends with that. Also, 
Alex is saying of everyone knows you're a player because you have syphilis is so dumb. Yeah, I don't care for that logic because it's flawed clearly because George isn't a player. And also that doesn't make you more attractive. Like someone being like, oh man, I've slept with so many people doesn't automatically make a female be like, oh yeah, let me add my name to that list. Yeah, no, no thanks. Uh... Yeah, it's very weird uh, that we, we we see the worst and best of Alex in some episodes. But this one was just another episode where he's just a bro, a douchey bro. Yeah, he's pretty bro in this one. Um, and then, okay, so Burke is explaining what happened to his friend. And it's, I wrote, he ate his twin in the womb. <laughs> I ate my twin in the womb. You ate yours? Shout out. No, shout out to Pitch Perfect. Oh, yes. Oh, that. Um, uh, no, the I girl. did not. Um, so. But, you know, sometimes people do that. So, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, not. It's that, is, well, is that murder? Can you charge someone with murder if they ate their twin in the womb? Looking at you, Texas. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not. Uh, it's interesting to me. I'm I'm not clear on the medicine behind this one. Um, because obviously this twin that he typically, to my understanding, when you absorb your twin in the womb, it's very early on. Like. Before there's even heartbeats, honestly, like so early. Basically, there's just two fertilized eggs and then they just one of them just the other one up. So I again, I don't know science, but it's interesting that enough of the genetic code of the female would be there and then survive and thrive enough to grow into a full ovary. Inside of, again, I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying I, as a non-doctor, not a doctor, don't n- understand the science of it. It's it's also interesting because you have to think there's a certain amount of estrogen that would need to have been excreted to grow an ovary, right? That's what I would I'm imagine. And I mean, both genders produce testosterone and estrogen. They're just obviously at different levels. That's one of the main differences of genders. Right. But how um, much was ha- so? I actually thought initially when they said that that he was he was transgender, and he and oh. Burke never knew. That was my immediate thought process. Is like, uh, well, when he said the ovary thing, and then you come back to the diagnosis, right? Oh, sorry, did you hear that? Sorry, um, that would be an interesting plot point, for, especially yes. being in two thousand and five. Something, but um, knowing knowing that there was an ovary inside of the bladder, so crazy because he lived that man lived with that his entire life. Yeah. And the and only thing sudden, was day, he was sterile, you know. Yeah. Spoiler. Um. So, where am I? Oh, this, then we get the, they're giving George the penicillin shot. Alex is doing <laughs> it. And everyone's scene. just filing in. This is another great one where they're all together and it's just a good time. Just so chef's kiss. I love it so much. That was, a, that was the scene where I had to do a quick Google search to know that syphilis is curable. Quick shot of penicillin. That's what they Quick say. Sh- and I didn't know that. Yeah. The other thing that was funny about that scene. So first off, everyone comes through. Okay, g- good on you, George. You got a cute butt, apparently. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> he says that I've dreamt my whole life about having me and yeah, three women in line. the same room or whatever. Like, man, that was that was gold. That was gold. Yeah. He did deliver that really well. And I was like, all right, George, you can be funny. And look how well you can talk to these human beings. Look what you've done. You've just spoken words like a normal person. How great for everybody. Yeah. And then Christina saying, I think he's going to go cry. Yeah. Great. So good. I love her so much. 
She really has grown on me. I love her a lot. I She's like her. My favorite. I can't wait. Can't wait for more. Um, okay, so then Meredith gets the call about the nursing home dinner, and we get the more info. Oh, you haven't been there. Oh, she really loves it. And then Meredith is like defending herself. I'm a surgical intern. I'm always working. Blah blah. Whatever. All things that are true. You know, you just you people prioritize what they prioritize. You know, when you prioritize something, you make it happen. When you don't, you you know, you'll make excuses. But if you want to make something happen, you can probably figure it out. It is what it is. Um, okay. So is, it, then, is that the f- same phone call where she says she remembers you? No, that was later on. After okay. she missed it. You're right. This there is was before phone she's call. missed it. Yes. You right. My so bad. Then Sorry, everyone. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Um, Spoiler alert. <laughs> Meredith's mom remembers her. <laughs> okay. So then we get to <laughs> such a good scene. The the chief talking to everyone. Three interns, four residents, and six nurses have syphilis. What I wrote was, how do these people have time to practice medicine when they are all clearly just boning each other all over the hospital? It has to be an orgy, right? Like That is to get 13 that, people. To get that rate of spread, you have to... And also, <laughs> hold on. How did it get raised? Who raised that? Who went to HR and says, hey, 13 people have syphilis. We should look into this. That's a good question. I don't know if it was that or maybe like all the people. Maybe it was lots of all the blood work or maybe all the people suddenly needing penicillin shots. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Or, you know, you know, I don't know. Maybe someone just said enough's enough. I'm going to (laughs) tattle. I have syphilis. Well, let's have a quick meeting. Maybe a bunch of them called out. And they were like, I can't come to work. I have the Sith. <laughs> Do you... So... <laughs> the safe sex demo to a room of adults. Incredible. Gr- great Gold. writing. I love that reception. She's a return character in a few more episodes. And she was in the episode with the the penis and the cooler. And... Um, yes. Yes. I didn't think about that one. She is just such a great little side character. I love her so much. I think her name's Patricia. But I just love her. She's a, a gem. It made me think, do you remember your sex ed classes or did you not get those in Tennessee? So um, I don't know about public schools in Tennessee because I did not go to one. Um, and this is what I do know about Tennessee. If anyone is familiar with the Why No program, it's why, like question why, no no but it's the no is bolded in the word no like to know something and it's a program that focuses on abstinence as the method of safe sex for high schoolers because in the late 90s hamilton county which is the county that i am from in tennessee had the highest rate of teenage dropouts because of pregnancy in the entire country wow So they started this program to teach people um, to not have sex. And if you want to preach abstinence as the backbone of your organization, that is your own business. But I think it should, you should preach that not based on scare tactics, but just be like, here's why we think abstinence is great. But I think 
using scare tactics and inappropriate information, it does more harm than good. Because what they did, I will say, I had a science teacher who our senior year, like taught everyone, like they like brought everyone together and they had a couple over a co- the course of a couple weeks, they were like, and it was separate from science. Like it was just its own thing. We all came in and they were like, this is sex ed. These are the learning days. And then there's a question day. And it was great. And I also think this is another time. I think single sex education is great. I went to an all girls school. Single sex education is great, especially in these scenarios, because you just probably feel more comfortable asking certain questions than you would maybe in other settings. So the Wino program came to my school and they had a sperm doll pillow thing. So it was like the head was the pillow and then like a really long ribbon tail. And they were like, this is a sperm magnified like a thousand times. And it stretched across the whole room. They were like, sometimes if you use a condom, you can still get pregnant, which is correct. But they are 99% effective if used correctly, which is why you need this, which is why you need the sex education so that you know how to use them correctly. So then they held up a penny and they were like, this is an STD magnified the same amount as this sperm is. So if this huge sperm can get through the condom, why can't this tiny STD? So the scare tactic was just don't have sex because you'll get an STD and get pregnant. It was very similar vibes to Mean Girls when he's like, don't have sex because you'll get pregnant and die. Don't have sex because you'll get gonorrhea and die or syphilis, whatever it is he says in the movie. So yes and no to the sex education question in my school. Very interesting. Very. <laughs> so mine was very different. I remember my health education teacher very graphically pulling condoms to their full stretching ability because one of the things was, you know, they people, you know, guys never say your penis is too big for a condom because oh, look yeah. at this. And they'll like, right? put their whole leg in it. Yeah. And then she said, also women, there's a female condom. Look at this. And she holds it and then puts the entire thing all the way up over her elbow. Yeah. Those uh, things are wild. Yeah. So very different. Um, but, uh, you know, there's also other ways to, you know, do your thing without doing the thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I do also Who's have zoom a in who am I right? vivid memory of in biology when we were going over the different sexual organs at one point my teacher just like turned around to the class and was like just so you guys know in movies when people are just making out and then all of a sudden they're having sex that's very unlikely like you have to guide the penis in that man does not know where to put that you have to line it up for him and i was like good to know yeah (laughs) i don't know why that memory has really stuck with me over all these years from all of the rest of biology well it's how you got pregnant and had a baby and became a mommy there you go (laughs) Uh, also the the line the line after that uh that meeting where they said if you're having sex with anyone else in this hospital you should go get checked yes what a long line i wrote the line for the test is so long these doctors are horny af they needed a genie plus line uh (laughs) genie plus pass just to get in that line that line needed a lightning line for sure it's so crazy. And then, okay, so now we have our cute moment. This is Walk great, us through yes. the cute moment, Kelki. Okay, so essentially, Christina's there, and she's trying to act like she's not really in the line. And Bert comes up, and he's like, why are you in this line? And she's like, don't I need to be in this line? And he's like, no, it's there's no one else. And it's, it's they basically have their define the relationship moment in the syphilis line, which is so <laughs> funny and so just, I love it so much because it's such a pure moment, and there's not a lot 
to it. Like it's not really a deep conversation about feelings. It's very factual. And I think it's very fitting to their characters and their relationship that they have it. And there's, there's just like, this is the facts. This is the facts. And then they both walk away and they're both smiling. So yeah, it's not all, Oh, I like you. I don't want to see anybody. I like you, but they both are still really happy with it when it's over, which I just love. I think it's so perfect for their relationship. The look on Chris, excuse me, the look on Christina's face. I melted a little bit because I could tell, even though she's acting, I could tell how happy Christina, the character in this show is in that moment. Yes. And that was very cute. Well and that's done. That's why she acting. gets nominated for the many awards. I they should have put this one in, not that other one. This should have been the one know. that they put in. The other one was good too. Uh, it is interesting though because immediately after that, she gets out of line, and then Izzy's like, "Oh, look at all these people having sex. Too bad neither of us are getting any." And I'm like, "Ooh, that's gonna not gonna end well. That's not good." Yes. And then they do the drunk guy thing, and it is gross. I wrote this drunk guy procedure is dr- is gross. Vomit face. The bag, the sh- the volume that they take oh, out of this man. So bad. And I thought that they were doing it wrong. They were doing it right. Yeah, they did but, it correctly. Which is crazy because the guy ends up dying still. Yes. Which I don't. Uh, I know that's jumping ahead a little bit. We skipped some scenes. But that is crazy. The guy dies. So sad. It is. It, it, yeah, it was the time. And then we have Chief has a brain tumor. Exclamation point. That's what I wrote. <laughs> So he has the brain tumor. He's talking to Derek. It's operable. He can fix it. It's going to be a quick surgery. Another just solid gold exchange. (laughs) Richard is like, ugh, just what I need. A syphilis outbreak and a tumor. And Derek says, well, it's probably unrelated. And I actually out loud guffawed. It was so funny. So good. It's the line of the episode. That's what I gave it's so I don't good. know. Oh, I did want to mention this because this was definitely earlier and I forgot about it when Izzy is telling George that she has to tell that he has to tell Olivia. He's like, What am I supposed to say? Hi, Olivia. How are you? Good? That's good. Me? Oh, I got the sif. How about you? I do like that one as well. The the thing for me is when Derek says it's probably unrelated, oh, the look just... that Dr. Weber shoots <laughs> Because, so because I had to f- pause it because I was laughing and I paused it on Richard's face and it was just. <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? Oh. Right now. Really? Derek? Be- right now. <laughs> uh, it's so good. And it's so it's so organic. It's so natural. It's so funny. But then he's like, you know, he says he doesn't want the vultures swirling or whatever. And he's yeah. like, well, you know, why am I here? Aren't I one of them? And, you know, that, that was just, it was all in all a very wholesome exchange in that office. I yeah. appreciated that. Yeah, that was great. Um, okay, so yes, the drunk guy has died. And I wrote, damn, that guy just died right there. They're in the room. They did not. He just died. They just didn't even notice he just died, which I do find to be a little weird because most of the time I was in a hospital, some kind of monitor was strapped to me to verify that I was alive. Even if it was yeah. just the little finger guy to be like, do you have a pulse? Yes, you have a pulse. Good job. Good pulsing. <laughs> Unless they couldn't have had him hooked up to the pulse for that particular procedure, but that doesn't make any sense. No, because the of pulse a... is just this guy. Yeah. This guy on your finger. So who's who knows? That was a weird one. I just spent three days in the hospital listening to Jessica and a baby <laughs> have heart rates for 72 Beep. hours straight. Beep. Beep. <laughs> yeah. It's lots of noise. So that's it's interesting. Um, okay, so he dies, and they're talking to the family. They don't want an autopsy. 
or no, sorry. Bailey tells them that the family doesn't want an autopsy. Izzy and Christina are a little concerned they've done something wrong. Bailey says, no, I went over everything. You did a textbook. He just died. It is what it is. The family doesn't want an autopsy. And Izzy and Christina are like, but we need to know. Because they are still thinking, I think, they, they, they that something was wrong. So they want the closure for themselves. So they're kind of pushing back on it. And Bailey's like, it's, let it go. Just move on. It's done. That was Which, really funny. Which, of course, funny. is code for, please, don't move on. <laughs> Well, the, the mom, the, the, the Izzy felt like she got a look from the mom of like, my eyes are saying yes, but my mouth is saying no. Uh, and that's which, later on, but yes, that does happen. Is it, okay, well, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm all, right. all over the place. I'm all, <laughs> I'm just, it's so fluid and organic. I'm just feeling it. it. It's true. It's a good one. It's a good episode. It's so good. Another um, define the relationship conversation happened in this episode. I know. I love it. Um, okay, so Bailey, we learned that Bailey is in on the... Chief surgery with Meredith and Derek. Derek does that name thing wherever he's super secret sunset surgery, whatever he says. He's just whatever. And Bailey says, you have too much time on your hands. <laughs> Love him so much. Love her. Um, and that is when we get their define the relationship conversation. And they talk about glow in the dark condoms, which I thought Love you it. would find humorous. <laughs> Loved it. One of my favorite scenes in the episode as well they this was this was just a good episode it's a great it episode. is a really good episode i agree uh, um yeah they, lots going so on the thing that again they're throwing caution into the wind having this conversation in the open and yeah, it seems this, like it's very questionable at this point who knows what because a few episodes ago you know bailey said the whole hospital knows your business derek is at his at their at merida's house izzy and george know obviously christina knows it's quite it's it's very unclear who knows what at this point and it kind of seems moving forward that they're not really going to care in theory they wouldn't care depending on what will happen um and so it seems like well they're just going to be together and everyone's just going to have to deal with it is how it seemed to me whereas the burke and christina thing did seem like they were still going to keep it a secret so yes. i don't know it is so. I, I can can I jump because I don't want to forget the yes, question that I fine. have for you. Do you think so? So we we going ahead. Weber gets out of his surgery and he sees Derek and Meredith together. Yes. Do you think Weber knew that Doctor Shepard was married at this point? He he would have had to have known, right? Because he called yeah, he him knows, into this hospital. He knows him in the past. So why didn't he just say that to Meredith? Well, um, spoilers that I'm not going to share with you. <laughs> oh. Is the main reason. So, oh. Uh, we'll talk about it in a few episodes when we have more information, maybe. Well, a few episodes. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yes. So Burke's friend is sterile, but his wife is pregnant. Yikes. Is what it is. So he finds out the lady's like, didn't you say his wife is pregnant? And he was like, yeah, very like eight months or whatever. And she's like, um, well, he's just sterile. So that's awkward. It's not his baby, but good for her, I guess. Um, you know, making, making their life, you know, she says she's making their dreams come true or whatever weird things she says about it. So it's awkward. And that is when uh, Izzy and Christina are talking to 
the mom and daughter trying to convince them to have the autopsy and you're correct the mom is very much she clearly wants it and she just doesn't want to fight with the daughter about it anymore because the daughter is so persistent about and she just could benefit from some therapy because her anger is really uh, overtaking a lot of her life and she's not able to listen to what her mom needs because she says for her the closure and the moving on will happen when we just aren't talking about it anymore but maybe the mom needs needs the closure of the autopsy you know it's like she's not being considerate of what the mother aka the woman who was married to this man even if he was terrible she might still need closure you're not inside of people's relationships so it's not really fair to dictate what they may or may not need to move forward with their life is my opinion I also will say, so obviously they kept it very vague, right, of Mm -hmm. what he did to this family. The thing that I did not get, I did not get a single inkling of physical abuse. So I don't know if you got any of those feelings. I didn't feel like either the mother faced it or the daughter faced it. Um, But I did get, you know, I I could understand if someone was so drunk all the time that it becomes a burden on the family and they they have to, like, pick up your vomiting dad, right? Yeah, uh, those were the kind of things that were going through my head of the trauma that happened, but it was no physical abuse in my head. Right. Again, they'd leave it vague. And I think um, there's like one line earlier that made me think maybe it could have been physical, but again, not enough for either of us to say definitively and definitely more of just like being a burden on other family members. I agree. But we're going to take a small break for everyone's favorite segment, Living in Shondaland. Living in China land. Oh, thank you. So great. Um, so the, the daughter, Alice, her name is Lauren Bowles. She, let me just say, this is a big episode for Living in Shonda land. All right. So Alice was in an episode of Private Practice, an episode of Scandal, three episodes of How to Get Away with Murder, and an episode of Station 19. Basically, the only major Shonda show she is missing is Bridgerton. <laughs> like, she has crossed all the big ones off her list. She is Maybe she will be getting Shonda Bing- She is getting Shonda Bingo left and right. Um, and then the mom... Yes, she... Her name is Patty McCormick, and she was in an episode of Scandal and an episode of Private Practice. The director of this episode also directed an episode of Private Practice. Holly who is the pregnant woman, so the cheating wife. Her name is Wendy Davis, and she was on five episodes of Scandal. Bill. How fortuitous. Burke's Burke's sterile friend. His name is Wayne Wilderson, and he was in two episodes of How to Get Away with Murder. Mrs. Henry, who is the nursing home lady with the phone. Her name is Joyce Guy. And she was in an episode of How to Get Away with Murder. And then... Do, do, do. Look at everybody. Yes, this one, Mr. Franklin, the drunk guy who dies, was in No Shonda, but two episodes of Scrubs. Wait, ru- what? Really? <laughs> yes, and I was going to look it up, but it was they weren't consecutive episodes, and I couldn't like sum it all up for you. So I'll have to send it to you separately. What was his name? His name in real life is Jack Shear, A-S-H-E-A-R-E-R. All right, I got to look this up real bit, real quick. <laughs> uh, right. Just very briefly. So let me see if I can, I don't recognize him. 
Scrubs. I want to know if it says the episode that he's in. Uh, Scrubs, Mr. Simon. Nope, it's not something that comes to my, my mind. So, anyways, I'm good. Okay, we'll look into it off camera. You'll learn. Okay. Also, I wanted to mention, after they find out that Burke's friend is sterile, and they're, like, walking behind him down the hallway, Alex and George are talking about it, and they are talking about it right behind Burke, as though he is not anywhere near them. They were so loud. Yeah, it's really weird. And the the funny, they're like little brothers in this yeah, scene. Yeah, they, they definitely are. Really, in a lot of this episode, I feel like that's their energy. Because, especially this one, because Burke turns around and he's like, listen, I don't give a shit about your opinion. I didn't ask for your opinion, so shut yeah. up. And then they turn around and they immediately <laughs> hit, George hits Alex. Got us in trouble. Uh, anyways, that was very funny. Yeah, uh, that was a good, good moment. Did, did uh, in, at this point, Weber was already in surgery, right? No, because um, Christina and Izzy decide they're going to do a secret autopsy, but they're down with Meredith, right, in the hallway, and they're talking about it, and Izzy convinces Christina to do it, and they're like, oh, how are we going to do it without Bailey catching us? And that's when Meredith says, she'll be busy at 7, we can't talk about it, it's also Fight Club, whatever. That was a fun scene. Yeah, again, I love it. I love it when there's multiples of them all together. In So I have two thoughts. The first thing on Dr. Weber. Mm-hmm. I was nervous that the end of the episode, he, he was going to be dead. That was what I thought the big plot twist was going to be, is he was going to die on the operating table. I was very nervous. Second thing, the irony, the sheer irony of Christina bringing the textbook to the autopsy, saying, if we are going to do this, we're going to do it right, on something that is both wrong and illegal and they could lose their jobs, is just the chef's kiss definition of the word irony. But I also think it's funny because she brings the textbook and is like, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. And then a few minutes later, it's like, well, it's, we can't kill him twice. Yeah. <laughs> so then does it matter? <laughs> uh, I do think it's funny. Uh, they're back and forth. I did find very amusing. Uh, I did want to note that while I sometimes have issues with Derek Shepard that we'll delve into much more in the future, he is a great surgeon. He is a good doctor most of the time. And in this time, like he's so calming for Richard, like he's playing it off. He's like, Oh, doctors make the worst patients. But then he just kind of leans him and he's like, I, I've got you. Don't worry about it. Like just let it me take care of it. And I do appreciate that because it has to be scary to have brain surgery no matter what, but especially when it's people, you know, people you care about. And it's like this man's career that you have you know, he's like mentored you. You've learned from him. It has to be stressful for both of them, but it's, he does such a good job of like calming him and making him feel safe. And I do appreciate that. It's very sweet. Very sweet on him. What does he, he leans down and he says, what, what does he say I exactly? Think he says, I've got you. Yeah. Something, something sweet to that effect. Yeah. Something like that along those lines. Um, Christina and Izzy back and forth. Hilarious. So then they, the surgery with Richard doesn't take very long. It seems like it's successful, but we won't know until later. And Bailey is talking to Meredith. <laughs> and she's like, so oh, good. Christina and Izzy so good. And she's like, oh, they're really busy with charts. And Bailey just goes, oh, you're lying. Do you know how I can tell you're lying? Because you're a bad liar. And I hate <laughs> a bad liar. <laughs> And uh, she pretty much immediately figures out what they're doing. 
And she's so smart. She's so good. I love her. I wrote Bailey is so short and so angry and I love her. Okay, this moment, I don't know why. Do you ever have, do you know how people are like, oh, a song stuck, gets stuck in my head? You know, and it just like is always there. Yeah. There, I have that with shows. And, you know, I mentioned before there are certain things I'll remember. Like I'll remember Izzy's speech. I love her speech from the earlier episode. But I don't like, her whole speech doesn't get stuck in my head. Bailey, when they say, look at his heart, and she goes, it's huge. That, her <laughs> saying that gets stuck in my, like it will just pop in my head and I can, I will have to go and watch just this clip. It just, it gets in there and it just little burrows itself in my brain. It's huge. And it's coming off of her literally being oh, like, I could kill you guys. Them. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you both. I, you're going to get us fired. I don't know why you're doing this. I like my job. I don't want to lose my... It's. I mean, and she just tirades in, on them, and she's just going to murder them, and then they... Look at his heart. Yeah. What did she say? It was like six times the size or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it was absurd. It was crazy. Ugh. So, you know, good that they did the autopsy, I guess. Well, it... it you know, obviously that comes in a different scene later out later yeah. on, but it's funny because Bailey has a full range of emotions. And I love she, it. She was there for Weber when he dropped his thing mm-hmm. in the beginning of the episode. And she's like, but yeah, respectful. totally. Thank you. Thank you, doctor, for this opportunity. Mm-hmm. And then she's in the surgery with him, trying to be there for him. She calls Meredith out on being a liar. <laughs> then she goes off on Izzy and Christina. Yep. And then she rounds out the episode with, uh, I know that signing this autopsy form is a formality, being as we're basically, we, we saved your life. So, yeah. And it's also, all good. we've already done it, but I do need yeah. you to sign it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. I, it's just a full range of emotions for Dr. Bailey. This is a win for her in this episode. I just love the, yeah, they give her some really great stuff uh, to work with. And the, that continues to be true moving forward in the series. She gets really, really good plots and, and lines in it and does such a good job in her delivery. Uh, I just love her so much. And then, okay, so uh, Burke. Burke has come to the decision that he needs to tell the wife or tell the husband rather. Uh, and he is just really just in the hallway yelling at this lady, just in out in the hallway where everyone can just be just yelling at her, yelling up a storm, accusing her. Obviously, listen, we don't know the details. And that's basically what she says. It's like, you don't know our life. We don't know if they couldn't get pregnant and she went and just got pregnant to solve the problem or if she's having a full on affair. We don't know. Neither option is great. Truthfully, doesn't really matter. Um. But her argument is basically like, you don't know our business and you can't tell him, which is legally incorrect. He can tell her uh, and has to because he's her doctor. He's his doctor. So uh, he's going to do that. And that is a uh, shitty conversation to have to have. Yeah, especially because there are so many other ways that they, they could have gotten pregnant without her cheating. Yeah. IVF. Donor. It's just hard like to say, anything. obviously, they didn't know that he was sterile. So it begs the question, how long were they trying? Was she just getting frustrated that she wasn't getting pregnant and took matters into her own hands? Because she clearly didn't seek medical inf- intervention at all. Because typically, you would both get those tests done if there was an issue to nail down what where the issue is stemming from. So 
I, uh, I do. Yeah. It's a lot of questions. Um, she's, I think we can all agree. She's not making great choices in her marriage, uh, regardless of how she chooses to defend them. So no, no, no world exists that that's a fun conversation to have with your best friend though. No, at all. Absolutely not. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. Um, even if honestly, even if you had to tell them, even if his wife wasn't pregnant, you just had to tell someone they were sterile. That's still probably like a tough, tough conversation to have. So add on the fact that your wife who is super pregnant with a baby, you're probably pretty excited about is carrying someone else's child. Yes. And also sidebar conversation to like the real world thing that we have here, you know, yes. the best way, well, obviously barring a DNA test, because now (laughs) after seeing this, Jessica could have cheated on me. Uh, You could have cheated on Michael and got pregnant some other how, and both of us could be sterile. Obviously, that's not the case. I know that. But, like, that's scary. Like, for people who want to be parents, that test, it's so definitive. Uh, Once you know you're sterile, you can't unknow it. And I I would assume that that played into their character's backstory. I don't know. But, but again, in this, to your point, they could have gotten pregnant and it sounds like with his sperm because it's, she says he has a blind vas deferent, which if I remember biology correctly, that would just mean that that tube isn't like fully connected to where the sperm comes from. It's not to say he doesn't have sperm. So they could still produce a child that is theirs. They would just have to have medical intervention to do so. But again, I'm not a doctor. Not a doctor. Um, So then Meredith gets the phone call. Where the lady's like, you missed the dinner. And she's like, I know, but it was work, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. My mom wouldn't have known. And she was like, no, she would have known. She's been asking when you're coming. She's been asking for you by name when you're coming. She wants to see you. And we do see Meredith feel a little a little guilty. You know, she's kind of having regrets. Like, maybe she did want to be there. Again, we don't have a whole lot of information on her and her mother at this point, other than the relationship was not maybe great because Ellis worked a lot. She was always at the hospital. She's always working. She's very dedicated to her career. So maybe she wasn't momming first or putting prioritizing the momming part. So we don't know that relationship. But um, it does seem like maybe Meredith is feeling like she had missed this opportunity, which then leads to her telling Derek about Ellis, which is a huge deal and a very big breakthrough. And I think it pairs nicely with the conversation they have earlier about how they're exclusive and you know Derek really cares a lot about her and she trusts him she's being vulnerable which is nice we haven't really seen that you know she's been carrying the secret for all these nine episodes she's only told one person and that person died so she now has told Derek and that really does a lot and I think that shows a lot of trust and vulnerability and you know then she gets the carpet yanked out from under her, so it goes yeah. really well for her. I I didn't see that ending coming, especially after because I got so excited when she took that huge step. Yeah, and that it's was a huge so step crazy. Also, because he's a neurosurgeon, he knows about the brain. He knows, you know, maybe he can do something about it. So maybe, but also, right before that, I was going to say, why don't they just let Ellis call? Can they not make phone calls from this hospital? This mental well, maybe, place? Maybe she isn't lucid at that time. I don't but know in what the, the moment, are, but it does in, seem odd. Now, I've never thought about that before, but it does like, seem odd. 
Just give her a, hey, oh, you're, you're lucid? Here's a cell phone. The number has your daughter's number in there. Just give her a call. Yeah. Oh, you're no longer lucid. I'm taking this phone from you. Yeah. I don't know. That didn't make sense to me. That is a good question. Um, okay, so Derek is comforting Meredith. The chief opens his eyes and sees it. Oh, no. He knows. He knows. At least he can see, though. That's good news. Um, okay, so we did jump ahead because this is when actually Bailey goes and yells at them, but it's just a great still. It's just a great moment. <sighs> and then they talk to the family and they say, this is the situation. It's actually genetic. We might have just saved your life. If you could go ahead and sign this paper, that'd be great. Okay, thanks. Bye. Don't sue us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bye. Don't sue us. That's how I end all my conversations. <laughs> and then um, uh, Olivia coming back to fuck shit up. Olivia shows up in, in the middle the of the locker room. room. Yep. The co-ed locker room. Your favorite place. I love the co-ed locker room. To say, basically apologize for how she responded. And the reason that she responded was because when she first started seeing George, she was seeing someone else. And she didn't stop seeing him because she didn't know she was going to like George so much. And maybe she was sleeping with this other guy. And then George says, what other guy? And then she looks over at Alex and then George loses his ever-loving mind. <laughs> Punches the shit out of him. Tackles him. It was crazy. It was WWE style in there. It was all up in his face. And I, I will say, as annoying as George is, I do love this moment. I think it's so funny. I think it's just a lot of pent-up energy. And I think it's a nice moment for George because he full on tackles Alex and gets two solid punches in. Oh, great punches. Like Those Alex. Were, yeah. They they were good. And Alex is like, he's not a small guy and Alex, no. play, like Alex wrestles. Yeah. Alex is he was like just athletic. Clearly very caught off guard. Yeah. Um, but it's, I think it is a good moment as much as George can be just my absolute least favorite. A lot of the time I do love this moment. Um, between the two of them and then everyone pulls them off and they're like calm down calm down back off everybody, back, everybody just calm down and uh, there's pretty much no resolution that's just how it ends and then the moment we've all been waiting for the end of the episode where nothing happens at all and there's no cliffhangers the and end, the let's show rate ends the episode. Um, <laughs> so Meredith is going down the stairs, talking to Derek. They're going to go have dinner or do something. I'm going to be honest. I was not listening. I was too excited. I was just writing, here it is, here it is, here it is. Addison has arrived. Iconic television moment. What the fuck? This is literally such good writing. Well, he, right before that, he says, yeah, let's ahead. get let's get some steak and wine in you. And oh, yes. Like, oh. There's a steak somewhere with your name. Oh, and he says, like, I'm, I need to talk to you or I need to tell you something. And she's like, oh, let's go eat first. And so I do think, looking back on it, I do think maybe he was going to be like, okay, here's the situation. Well, then I... he sees her. Oh, wait. <laughs> okay. He sees, what's her name? Addison. Addison. He sees Adrian Addison. Forbes Montgomery Shepherd. <laughs> what a name. Uh-huh. Looks at Meredith and goes, I'm so sorry. Okay. What's your take on that? I, okay. If you're Derek and you have this person and you're sleeping with Meredith, maybe you're in love <laughs> with her. Who knows? And you see this other person who clearly you've run away from because, you know, he moved here from New York. So presumably he left her there. So what what do you do? You see her, you have your side piece, you see 
the wife. What do you do? You turn and say, I'm sorry. And then let this unfold. I think you have to. I think he did it as best as you possibly could. Right. Okay. Well, so my sister. Not that any of this is right. None, None of this is right. Shout out Emily. My sister really loves this episode. This is one of her favorites. She really wanted to do it, but couldn't because of scheduling stuff. But she did want me to to make the point that it is a little bit psychotic that Derek looks at her and goes, I'm sorry, when he very easily could have gone, can you give me a singular moment? And like pulls Meredith aside and explains. You know, it is, I never really thought about it, but it is kind of psychotic to just be like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Like, I think it, well, okay, hold on. Yes, I agree. Shout out, Emily. I agreed. <laughs> I, I think the issue becomes if, you're, if you've run away from this person, right? Like, mm-hmm. let's say in a world, because I know nothing. What I would assume, if he ran away, she's mm-hmm. some sort of psychotic, manipulative, with all of those middle names, now knowing that, <laughs> she must, she's got money. So something's going on, is what my, my gut is telling me. You know that even if you say, give me a moment, she's not going to give you a moment, <laughs> is my thought process. That's and a fair thought process. Maybe. But you could also feasibly take Meredith and full-on sprint the other direction. Yes. Did you, you- did you hear Addison's click-clack? She's in heels. She's probably not chasing you down. So this is at this point, let's go over what we know about Addison. Derek's wife. Yes. Played by Kate Walsh, stunning, beautiful human being. Literally, I'm obsessed with her. She looks amazing. She, like, has hardly aged at all. I love her so much. She's beautiful. Um, and she's so talented. She just crushes. She's just so talented. I love this, this actress. Um, New York, right, uh, was calling Derek. But we have to assume those were the missed calls or the ignored calls from earlier. So I think at this point, that's all we know. So. Yeah. It's, mm, I think it was really great writing, first off. Mm-hmm. But yeah, to me, that whole thing of turning to her and going, I'm so sorry. Also, the it, delivery on it. I mean, he. it's, okay, I will say I have to give him a little bit of the benefit of, he's clearly caught off guard. He was not expecting this woman from who he left on the other side of the country to be here. Um, However, the delivery on it is very... I don't know. It's almost, he's just like, Meredith, I, I'm so sorry. What are you apologizing for? Are you apologizing for what you have done or what is about to occur? I think the delivery we have to, we do, we still have to get into what Addison says, but go ahead and tell me what you think. Yeah. I, okay. So I think he's saying, I'm so sorry for, for what is about to happen because I don't think he says, sorry, if she doesn't open up her entire soul and say that her mom, like I've told no one else about my mom. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. you know about my mom. Now this is the most vulnerable, deepest, darkest secret that I have. And I'm telling you, and it took me nine episodes to do this. And now this guy is about to destroy her and the trust potentially. Yeah. We don't well, know. Yeah. Cause that's how whatever his works. reasoning is. Um, okay, so let's talk about the exchange. He's like, Addison, what are you doing here? And she says, well, you would know if you bothered to answer any of my calls. And then something else happens. And Mer- she says, I'm Addison. 
Shepard. And Meredith goes, Shepard? All naive and innocent like? Maybe maybe she's his sister? <laughs> and then she reaches out her hand to shake Meredith and says, and you must be the woman who's been screwing my husband. It is so iconic. As a television moment, it truly is on like so many lists of like most jaw-dropping television moments. This is on so many lists. The writing is incredible. The delivery is incredible. The setup is incredible. Everything in the episode, you really think everything is wrapped up. I mean, you really think, oh, the episode's just going to end. They're just going to go to dinner and it's going to be great. And then in walks the wife of the man who we're supposed to love. We're supposed to be in love with this man. We're supposed to think he is the prince for the princess. And here is his wife. <laughs> they have to be separated. They Something has to... I don't know. I have no I have no frame of reference for this, but they have to be separated. There has to be something where he was running away from her, knowing that she's on the other side of the country, and he left for Seattle. Because okay, okay, hold on, hold on. I'm 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 getting in this moment a flashback to a conversation. Let's get our predictions in. Okay. Okay. They're separated, and she verbally abuses him. Okay. Do you have any know. more predictions about her as a person? What to expect? With all from of her? those middle names, I assume she's an oil tycoon. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm assuming very very wealthy. He married for money. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, if they're separated, then there's going to be a trust reconciliation that has to happen over the next few episodes for Meredith to be able to forgive him for that, or they break up. Okay. And my other prediction is Izzy and George have sex. <laughs> yes, you've really locked that one in. We all know it's your prediction. Um, do you have any other predictions regarding Christine and Burke? Uh, I think that she's she's going to have to tell him about the baby. Mm-hmm. Or the baby will naturally end up being a miscarriage. Um, I think that there will be some sort of uh, ramifications for George punching Alex. There's going to be some sort of suspension, maybe. And Izzy and Christina are going to have a new relationship that will be explored with Bailey and how the three of them interact. Very similarly to how Burke has been interacted with Alex and George. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I like that. Um, okay. So let's, um, what are you most excited about in the next season? Which is a full season. Like a I, full I, t- 24 I, episode maybe? I don't even know. I don't <laughs> know what's about to happen. I'm assuming the full cast is going to come back. So actually, I'm going to make another prediction. They're going inter- to okay. integrate one new one new uh, main character. One main new character is going to be introduced either halfway through season two or at the beginning of season two. Okay. And I think the goal of that person is to be a love interest to someone outside of... I I think they're going to be a love interest for either Izzy or Alex. So I don't know if it's going to be a man or a woman. Those are my predictions, and that's I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping Izzy finally gets to have sex. 
Okay. Um, so I just looked it up, and there are 27 episodes in the second season. So A lot can happen. They, yeah, they did a lot. I feel like m- most se- series, um, 22 or 24 episodes is, that, is the norm. But um, I will say I think a few of these are two-part episodes. Um, so I don't really know if that, if they're counting them as separate parts, but, um, I'm, I'm really excited to, to get into the second season, um, with, with, yeah, because there's some really great episodes as this, as this, oh my God, it's so great. Okay. (laughs) Now I'm just looking at all of these and I'm just, stop it. Stop doing that. Let's rate this episode. Let's rate this episode. All right. So. I am giving this episode a fellow and a half, 4.5. Okay. I, I don't think... What was the episode that I really, really said I, I enjoyed uh, coming into this? Um, I think it was you the know, third or fourth episode that yeah, I said I was like say- my favorite. Uh, I'd have to go back and look at it. But this was, this was the best episode for... Uh, for for uh, the best episode so far, and the season mm-hmm. finale, they always have to have good stuff here. Mm-hmm. For me, uh, it's go ahead. No, I'm just gonna agree. I love I love the episode. For so me, much. it's uh, the thing that made this episode was the the relationship between Christina and Burke. Very excited for that, as well as I'm very curious to see how Addison Shepard fits into this mix. I am also excited for you to see how Addison Shepard fits into this mix and uh, the information that will come with all of that. Um, this episode for me is, uh, it's it's a great one. It's an attending for sure. It just wraps it up again. Even just the ending is so iconic. It just carries the episode. Watching, Knowing how this episode ended, I was so excited watching the whole episode. Um, I was so excited for you to watch it and and to hear your reactions and just... Um, see what you think is going to happen next. It's I love a cliffhanger. I love that you don't have to wait four months to find out what happens. Um, the, the joys of Netflix and the joys of watching a show that aired 16 years ago. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I'm super, super excited to, to watch more. But I think this is just in the... For sure, As if I was going to look at all so far 17 season finales because we haven't gotten the 18 season finale yet. Um, if I was going to look at the 17 season finales we have, this would probably be top three easy. Um, for That's sure. High praise. Well, some of the, one of the best twists as far as finale goes, because this show will drop a twist, not in a finale, but this is easily top three twist, top three finale. Like so great. Obviously it's setting up so much for the future with again, Christina and Burke, what we think is going to be great news for Meredith and Derek's relationship. Um, uh, just really, really exciting to see where it all goes and how the character character development continues into the second season. Um, just super, super excited. So, yay. What I, what I hope happens is George figures out how to be less of a piece of garbage. I do think that happens because I... I do not remember hating him this much in the first season. So there must be some future where like the, whatever happens balanced him out. So good to know that I did hate him in the first season. Yes. (laughs) I've learned that. Also for all of you Mm -hmm. listeners out there, 
Give us something to think about for this upcoming season. If there are two-part episodes, let us know if you want to hear them in separate podcasts or in one combined podcast. Let us know. I think that would help us a lot. Um, Yes, let us know. Um, Also, keep in mind when you're letting us know about that, um, this and the last episode were both over an hour and a half. So if you give us a two-part episode in one episode you're going to be looking at an episode that's probably uh, close to three hours. Um, and oh if you're gosh. into that, great. We'll, <laughs> we'll do it. Whatever. Maybe we'll just record it all at once and split it in half. Who knows? Um, so, yeah, we'd love to hear from you on that note. Um, we are going to have a break in between the end of each season and the next season. So this is going to release on the 12th. November 11th. No. Yeah. November 11th. This is going to come out. Um, and then, so 18th, nothing is going to come out, but don't worry. We have not died. We're just taking a break to indicate that it's a break uh, between the seasons. And then the next episode will come out on the 25th. So you'll have something to listen to while you're at Thanksgiving with all of your family. (laughs) Yes. And also, uh, shout out November 11th will be veterans day. I did not actually realize that. Oh yeah. So thank you to any veterans who listen to this. Thank you all. Uh, really well received so far. This has been a really great first yeah. first season, and I think we're performing better than I thought we were going to. Yes, we're trending very well. Um, so a lot of you are listening and then coming back and listening more. Uh, we really appreciate that. What we'd appreciate even more is if you could leave us um, a rating on whatever you listen to, and even more if you could take a second and actually like type out a review. I promise it doesn't take that long, and it really helps other people find us when they search for us. And if you could also like go to our Instagram, which is Gray's Academy pod, and you can share any of our posts. If you just like share it to your story, just like let other people know that we exist by the time this comes out, that's nine episodes for people to binge. So that's a lot for over the holidays, lots to listen to while you're driving to your, wherever your destination is or flying on your airplanes. So please just share and let um let your friends know. Again, please feel free to reach out with the, reach out to us with any ideas about uh, future episodes and two part episodes and just any other things you think we should cover. We are super super stoked to get into the second season, and that's you know Grey's Anatomy at its current run almost has four hundred episodes. So we're super excited to get into the rest, the other 391 of them. So, And anytime you ever reach out, just remember, no spoilies. No spoilies. No spoilies. Thanks so much.